0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Paul Listick, Behind the Curtain, my chance to uh, leave the world of politics uh, that you watch on WGN-TV, where that's my job, to the world of theater and the arts here in the WGNradio.com world and our Behind the Curtain podcast. Love talking about theater, and today we get to talk about one of my favorite shows, so favorite that I not only saw it like when it toured, whatever, went to Broadway, took my parents to see it years ago. It's just one of those classics of all time. It's Mel Brooks the producers if you, if you depending on your age you've probably seen it time to see it again but if you're of an age that you just haven't seen it this is also the time because it's playing at music theater works it's a short run uh it's only going to be there from august 10th through the 20th you get like 10 days to see one of the classic music comedy uh productions of all time Join me to talk about this Two of the stars of this show and another guest that I'll explain is here for a bit of a different reason um, but a related reason uh, as well. Let me start with the the stars of this version of the producers out at music theater work playing the role of Max Bialystock, who was Nathan Lane in the Broadway show but here making this role his own is Thomas Shea or Thomas we'll call him here you're taking on quite the uh, quite the challenge in that role
1: Tom Bialystock's a great role. Bialystok, Max Bialystok is kind of the Mount Everest uh, of character parts, uh, in my opinion. Um, people call uh, the Iceman Cometh, Hickey and the Iceman Cometh the Everest of American drama. I think Robert Falls called it that. And uh, I feel similarly about Max Bialystok. And you should. Also joining us, David Gnosky, who plays Leo Bloom. And, and you know, David, I know you're going to make that. I
0: haven't seen it yet. I know you're going to make this thing your own. But there's a part of me that thinks that if it's not played right, and I'm going to give some credit to Matthew Broderick here in his original production, and I'm I'm going to guess you've seen the movie or maybe saw him, I don't know. There's something, Leo is really critical to this. Talk about the character of Leo Bloom, but do you agree that Matthew Broderick just did something kind of magical to make this just a fabulous role?
2: He set the tone for a, a very strong beginning, middle, and end in the show. And, and where we start with his journey of wanting to be a producer and to where he winds up is uh, filled with uh, all of his neuroses and all of his quirks. But Matthew Project did an absolute incredible job of really uh, still tributing what Gene Wilder did in the film and and bringing it to life in such a way that we all um, look forward to some of those specific pieces that uh, we take away from the show every single time that bring us a lot of good laughs.
0: Also joining us is Kyle Dugan, who's here for a couple of different reasons. Um Number one, of course, you are the producing artistic director of Music Theater Works. But also, Kyle, I wanted you to join me because there's something special about the producers being produced as the show at this time in your history.
3: Well, and I think uh, it is our 150th production. That's at what I was after. Theater Works. Yes, and uh, you know we started as a company called Light Opera Works, and uh, over the years, by actually by a group of Northwestern students, and uh, the company has grown and grown. And one of a little bit of a special um, bit of information, or um, uh, for for the audience, is that someone in this production was in one of our our first season of, uh, of Light Opera Works. And that is Tom Shea, our lead. So we're really excited that Tom has had such an amazing history with the company and has such a, a, a varied career in the Chicago area. And um, the 150th production is going to be just, I know, a smash hit. And indeed, that was one of the things I was going to come
0: to, Tom, we'll we'll do it now and talk about it. But first, I also have to say, Kyle, congratulations to you. You're a new dad. And so I wish you many, many years of happiness and college tuitions. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Twins. So double the fun. (laughs) I made it plural. So (laughs) Um, good for you. I find dogs to be easier, but that's just me. Um, So Tom, yeah, so... You want to do a show every
1: 150 productions here at uh, Music Theatre Works? Is that the goal? We'll see you at 300. Uh, we'll see you at 300, but uh, your math is a little uh, is a little skewed. Uh, this is actually my 30th production with Music Theatre Works in some capacity, uh, as either uh, a chorister, a lead, uh, a, uh, uh, a uh, an, an assistant director, an associate director, a director. Or a balcony lecturer. I have done thirty productions with the company. Um, you can see right behind me. There's a there's a what looks like a plaque on the wall um, that was given to me by uh, the artistic director emeritus of Light Opera Works, Phil Kraus, uh, and his partner Dennis Northway, who was the chorister or the chorus master of light opera works in 1996 uh, on my 15th production, which was wonderful town, the Leonard Bernstein wow. Comden and green musical um, that they did for uh, Christmas in 1996. When you, when you back in the day, when you'd made 15 productions, you got a plaque uh, uh, as a sort of a good service um, uh, a, a distinguished service recognition. Um, so, uh, I need a plaque, uh, twice as big as that in mass, uh, Kyle, um, we'll, we'll
0: by make, sure, night. We'll make uh, sure it's
1: gold. We'll make yeah. sure it's pure.
3: Gold. And,
0: <laughs> and if you missed it, Kyle, he
1: just gave you the deadline by opening night.
0: By so, opening, night,
1: opening night. Now, um, I've been, uh, I, Kyle's right. I've been with light Opera uh, with the company since light opera works. I was around for the birth of the blues, as they say. Um, Uh, this is, this is, uh, maybe you want to cut this out, but there's a, um, there's a company in Evanston, Illinois called the Savoy Airs, who have been a community Gilbert and Sullivan company since the sixties, 1965, I believe. And, uh, watching my father, we moved here in the early seventies in 1971. Um, I was born in St. Louis, but luckily my dad got a tenure job at Loyola, so I didn't have to grow up a Cardinals fan. (laughs) Uh, and, Uh, We moved here and he hooked up with this company right away, the Savoyers in Evanston, and watching him do Gilbert and Sullivan, community Gilbert and Sullivan, is what made me want to be an actor. And they hired Phil Krause, who was a hotshot MFA at Northwestern, as Kyle said, uh, to direct their 1978 production of Gilbert and Sullivan's Iolanthe. Two years later, they hired him to do the Grand Duke, which is the Gilbert and Sullivan, uh, their last collaboration together which has an unjust reputation as a as a bad show. It's not a bad show at all. It's very good. And he made it really, really good. Unfortunately, he didn't get to direct it the way he wanted to. Uh, he was a little hamstrung by the, by the producers of that show. And that, in part, led to him founding Light Opera Works with Barney Jones and Bridget McDonough um, back in 1981. Uh, and uh, 11 years after that, in 1992, he directed The Grand Duke, uh, for Light Opera Works, his way, and I was in that production as well. Um, and he finally got to do uh, the sort of fractured fairy tale version of the Grand Duke that he wanted. So that's that's how that that's part of how that uh, this company came to be. And of course, under Kyle's uh, and under Bridget's stewardship, and under Kyle's stewardship now, um, we are sailing, you know, towards 150 and beyond. Um, wow.
0: And it's just you know it takes a lot to get me to leave the city to be honest with you and and um and I grew up in Skokie so that's really strange mm-hmm. um but but I, I will always come up um uh, and see productions at Music Theatre Works because it's just they're they're so great and they're so grand and they're so large and you can have hackneys right afterwards um for the burger and onion rings if you haven't done that yet David and Tom yeah. please go over and do that but David let me oh, come yeah. to you so you don't have 150 production exp- or the 30 production yeah. experience that Tom does you did just uh, work in. Um, White Christmas, and I know you understudied Phil, and Kyle can share with you, there was some dialogue. It didn't work out, but I was almost a part of that production. I wanted Phil. He wouldn't give it to me. But
2: uh,
0: <laughs> now it might have been a little General Waverly thing, but I'm sorry we didn't get to work together. But um, what what is special to you about working with, with music theater works? I really think they do amazing stuff.
2: I, I've seen so many other shows, and I have such an appreciation for them. I saw quite a few when they were still light opera works. Uh, I was very fortunate to have a lot of friends that were in a lot of the shows that took me to them. And I had the pleasure of performing uh, in uh, a musical review of Rogers and Heart uh, that was directed by Rudy Hogan Miller at the time. And uh, it was an absolute pleasure. It was a six person show and there was like over 45 songs in a short amount of time, music directed by Linda Madonia. And uh, it was an absolute pleasure. Uh, It wasn't as grand as some of the other shows, but it definitely, uh, opened my eyes to actually investigating a bit more of the other stuff that music theater works and light opera works was doing with expanding um, not just the full grand scale shows. Uh, So then to have that experience and then to do white Christmas last year was just absolutely so gratifying. It's truly one of my favorite shows of all time. If I could do it, every christmas i absolutely would i was thrilled i just made the show it was just one of those things where everything fell into place uh and i i couldn't have been more thrilled with how kind everybody was in the cast which is sometimes not always the case and the cast was extraordinary the orchestra and the the choreography direction everything it was it was truly one of the best uh um, seasonal holiday experiences i've had and and to be able to perform on that stage again i just keep running around to all the cast members right now and just saying like you guys don't even know once you get on that stage you're just going to be in like absolute broadway heaven because the venue we perform in is such a pleasure and it's absolutely absolutely beautiful so I, i could not be more thrilled but white christmas was it's going to be hard to top that one, but this is going to get pretty close for sure. Yeah, I,
0: that, that's also that's a, a movie anyway that I watch every single year. That that's my tradition uh, is to watch White Christmas. Let's talk about the names of the people who you didn't like working with. Um, oh, no. Not <laughs> do that. So, so well, I want to make sure one of them wasn't Tom. That's all. I'm just trying to make sure. Uh, so, Kyle, let me come to you and and ask you did did you say it's our 150th production? The producers is the one to do. Or did you have producers as part of the season and wake up and go, oh, holy crap, this is
3: number 150? Well, I, I we did think about it a little bit. And what we were thinking about is the history of the company and where we're going in the future. And as Tom knows, and as many people have been coming to see our shows for the um, 40 some odd years, um, our company has changed and it's um, it's still um it's still doing big classic shows but those big classic sh- shows have changed and producers was one of those shows we we'd never have done it's a big scale broadway musical um and it was a way to kind of um kick us into the future i think uh and and show people um that we're here to stay and that we are still continuing to do high quality musical theater even though it's changed a little bit we're not doing as much operetta or our um you know um opera concerts we're now kind of fully into the musical theater world but we're still doing great quality musicals
0: I'm really glad you do this, this because it's the Broadway musical thing that totally gets me, and uh, so uh, you know I, I'm sure the uh, the audiences uh, who are like me are are loving coming up there. Uh, Tom, in terms of playing this role, you know, I, I, we gave sort of a a tip of the hat to to Nathan Lane and to to Matthew Broderick, but I'm sort of curious. Uh, sometimes I can say to somebody, "Have you seen this movie? Have you seen this musical?" I, I, I'm just going to assume you have because how could you not? Over these years, it's such a classic. Did you take this role on? And I realize directors get involved in all of that, but was Nathan Lane a guide for you? Or did you say, no, the heck with whoever's done this. Before there's Brad Oscar, many people have done it. Did you say, no, this is going to be Thomas Shea doing this? Or are you influenced by those who came before you in this particular role?
1: I think uh, I think uh, any artist uh, is lying if they say that they're not influenced by those who have come before, unless you live in a vacuum. And I don't know any artists who live in a vacuum. Um <laughs> You're you're definitely influenced by by the people that you've seen, the people that you've heard. This this role specifically was so tailored to Nathan Lane that it's going to be impossible mm. to escape it. I've been I was telling David I think the other night about this. I've been being compared to Nathan Lane since 1989. <laughs> um, some friends of mine. I used to uh, the reason one of the reasons that I went to school where I did. Again, I'm going back in history a little bit. Um, Uh, and this will probably get cut out, but uh, one of the reasons that I went to school- We don't cut things out, so whatever you're saying, you're stuck. (laughs) Outstanding. (laughs) Let me get get my political manifesto out then and read it. (laughs) No. uh, um, One of the reasons I went to Coe College in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, was because they offered, I was the first person to go through their musical theater program, and one of the things they offered was a semester in New York. And uh, I did it in the winter, winter spring of 1987. Two years later, um, some of my other- college mates did it in their junior season which was 1989 spring of 1989 and they saw a show uh called in a pig's valise which is a musical comedy uh sort of a a spoof of 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 noir films uh written by eric overmeyer a playwright named eric overmeyer and uh a composer lyricist named august darnell who is better known as kid creole of kid creole and the coconuts they wrote a show um and nathan lane played this hard-boiled detective character and uh i had had read about him a Already uh, in Theater Week magazine and had seen some stuff that he had done earlier, um, and uh, these friends of mine wrote me a postcard saying, you know, hi from New York, we just saw a show that, that made us think of you, and it was starring this guy named Nathan Lane, and Larry Balmer, uh back in 2002, saw a show that I did at City Lit Theater and called me Chicago's Nathan Lane, and people have been calling me Nathan Lane for, for so people have been comparing me to Nathan Lane for decades now. It's nothing but an honor to be compared to one of the great clowns in Broadway history, uh, who is, you know, one of the great links to what uh, the author Ethan Morgan called the grand tradition, which is the old school musical comedy, uh, the sort of familiarity that that those performers had performing that style. And I love nothing more in the world than that style than the grand tradition of the golden age of musical comedy. Uh, and um, Nathan Lane, when he won the Tony Award, talked about standing on the shoulders of Zero Mostel uh, when he won. For funny thing happened on the way to the forum, he said the same thing. Uh, and uh, it's not, it's not a, uh, uh, you know, it's not a mistake that he played these two great clown roles that Zero Mostel had made, you know, had originated. Uh, Who's maybe the greatest clown in Broadway uh, mm-hmm. history and one of the great movie clowns too. Well, I'm going to put
0: a burden on you. Uh, uh-huh. I'm going to go to David, but I'm going to put a little burden on you because in one of the first times I interviewed Nathan Lane. I, I I said to him, this is I, I don't remember it was off camera on camera, but I said, um, there is somebody who you whose work you remind me of. Do you know? And it's not Jerome Bastel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so because he thought that's what I was going to say, and I said, who do you think that I see you replicating? And he guessed it, and and he said Gleason. And I went exactly, Jackie Gleason. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. toss that out to you because I think when you when you think of when I think. Uh, Nathan Lane and Zero <laughs> Mostel and all that, that takes you in a direction. When you put the complexities of a Jackie Gleason onto that persona, mm-hmm. I think it makes for an amazing actor because Nathan Lane has the ability, as Gleason did, if you've ever seen the movie uh, Go, he can have you laughing your pants off and he mm-hmm. can have you crying like you've never cried before in the space of a minute. An incredible talent. He's mm-hmm.
1: he's a ridiculously talented guy. Um, uh, and Gleason was great. Uh, Gleason and Mostel... Um, those of you who are coming to see the show, uh, you can't tell all that much from, from the neck up. I'm built a little more like Zero Mostel and Jackie Gleason. Uh, Nathan Lane, uh, is more of a little man, a little guy in those terms. He's, he's, he's a little, uh, he's a little husky, but he's a little man in terms of stature. Uh, uh, Zero Mustel was a huge guy, and Jackie Gleason was a huge guy, and I'm pretty huge myself, uh, in terms of size in terms of bulk being thrown around. Um, so I'm uh, I'm trying not to hit all the Nathan Lane beats, and I'm trying not to hit all the Zero Mustel beats. Good. Uh, yeah, I get it. Just, you're you're going to make this Tom Shayswell. role. That that's the point. I certainly hope so.
0: Yeah, Tom, yeah. let me come <laughs> to you. And I'm sorry, David, let me come to you. Um. First of all, what I found interesting about your background, you know, you kind of come back to Chicago, uh, but you've been touring nationally, you've been in internationally and, and doing sort of things. So what what is it that brings you home? You you said in your last answer how happy you are to be back on the stage of Music Theater Works, but, but but people didn't know maybe until I said it was, but this is coming from a guy who's just been all around the country and all around the world.
2: I was very fortunate right after I graduated school that I... Uh, was just fortunate to be at the right place at the right time and landed quite a few jobs that happened right in a row. Uh, it landed me on national tour, which was really incredible. I did six months, uh, uh with, uh, the national tour, uh, for networks presentations of the, the wizard of Oz, where I understudied the scarecrow, which was an absolute joy to join as well. One of my favorites. And, uh, uh, right after that, I did, um, a cruise ship which was not necessarily something that from my classical musical theater background, I thought I was even marketable for, I worked on the cruise ship for, again, it was, a um, it was practically a year being uh, in the middle of nowhere on the water. It was very international. We were Mumbai, Dubai, Hong Kong, New Zealand, Australia, and it was absolutely incredible for the travel. Uh, not so gratifying in the way of like what I fell in love with that brought me to this business, but I, um, after being out in the middle of the ocean, I really missed Chicago and I really missed my family and my friends. And I thought, why am I spending all this money for a studio apartment that I'm not living in, in New York right now, when I could go back to Chicago where the world was even, I was just reading how much things were thriving so much more here. And it brought me back home. I, I fell into um, a couple of small like storefront theater Things and uh, that was fun, and then I started scenic painting for a lot of theater, and now I mostly work behind the scenes. Uh, a lot of children's theater. The the Chicago land area has expanded beautifully. Um, I'm currently working for uh, Music Theater Works for their children's theater program, uh, which is really gratifying. They have uh, wonderful instructors and wonderful people that are are really promoting what music theater works is all about. And that's truly where uh, I like to sit with uh, my work these days with the, the scenic and uh, costume and props and stuff like that. It's really supporting programs that I know are serious about promoting the kids to, you know, why, why would you be crazy enough to go into this business? I mean, like if we're going to share it with the kids, then let's do it the right way and and really bring them, you know, on the best train.
0: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And I trust the, the cruise ship was pre-COVID. You'd still be on the boat. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it was it was otherwise i i would have been uh paying some money to take a chopper on out of there or something. <laughs> exactly <laughs>
0: kyle back to the producers um how challenging because you've had so many i mean camelot you go on and on in the, the various shows that have gone through pippin and um, this is doing a mel brooks show has got to present some special challenges and goals and requirements because you don't get to walk out of the producers and go Yeah, that was okay. I mean, Mel Brooks would never allow that. So how is it that you take on this challenge and
3: say, Mel is going to be proud? Well, that's one of the things you were talking to Tom about, um, Nathan Lane and um, Zero Mostel. There are some expectations when you come to see something like The Producers. You expect the kind of big Broadway style scale of a musical. You expect some of those beats to hit the same. Um, You expect the... um, Uh, springtime for Hitler number to look like a Busby Berkeley kind of number. And can we still do that? Yeah, we still do that. We still do that. (laughs) Um, uh, And we, uh, so we're, we're really, uh, looking at what the audience expectations are for this show. Now there are certain shows that allow you to kind of, um, like Pippin. That's a more, um, uh, experimental, uh, ex- uh, uh conceptual of a musical. And this show is, is not that. So we've really invested in high quality production values and a cast that can handle the comedy. <laughs> um, and uh, I think we've really hit the nail on the head with that, um, with this cast uh, a really just just will be able to give you what you want when you come see uh a movie uh musical turned movie musical uh, right. story um that is has been um in the american vernacular for many many years so yeah you right you can't forget that's right the original
0: movie uh that came out and people still you know remember that as well um When Tom in 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 presenting this role, do you think about the 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 time thinking of the relationship between you and David? Because I have to say I have not met either of you guys before, and I just see Max in you, and I can certainly see Leo and David. It's sort of like. I haven't seen you perform it yet, but you sure look the parts and you, you just got those facial expressions that will work. How do you, <laughs> how have you guys been? I mean, that is a compliment, obviously. How do you guys, uh, how do you prepare? You're doing lunch. You're doing, how are you making that relationship happen? Cause it's a very interesting relationship. You know, Max uses Leo, uh,
1: you know, how do you, have you developed that relationship between each other as actors? Well, as actors, I was uh, I was a little hesitant. Uh, I was thinking about this last night. Uh, I had a feeling this question was going to come up because you are doing homework. Such, Thank you. Yeah. Well, it is such it is <laughs> this show is such a double act. Uh, again, Lane acknowledged that at the Tony Awards. He said, "Without Matthew Broderick, I'm nothing." And he made Broderick come on stage with him when he got the award. Uh, and um, the the uh, the idea of doing this show with a Leo who with whom I didn't get along. Uh, I, I'm not somebody who believes that you all have to be happy friends off stage and that you have to socialize. I'm not that kind of animal. Um, but if it David already told
0: us, he has people, he doesn't like that he works with, but go ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, every, I think everybody has people that, uh, um, you know, you don't want that to be the case and you certainly don't want that to be the case on stage. And uh, one of my favorite members, again, I'm going to go back in history a little bit. Uh, I did a show uh, with Light Opera Works in 2004 called Sweethearts, a Victor Herbert show, uh, cut out of the old American operetta mode. Uh, and it, it featured three comics, an English comic, a French comic, and a German comic, a Deutsch comic. And um, the three of us uh, literally got together and we went to uh, a place downtown in downtown Evanston near where we were rehearsing and had a meal together. Uh, and we got to know each other better. Um, and it it didn't it certainly didn't hurt. I'm sure uh, I'm sure it probably helped. Uh, and we did have a lot of fun on stage. That was a show that Rudy Hogan Miller directed uh, in 2004. And I thought about doing the same thing with David. I thought, well, maybe we should go and have a meal. It, that hasn't materialized yet. But it just so happened that the first time we got together, he turned out to be you know uh, a, a pure professional, a total pro. uh, You know, his talent speaks for itself. And. Uh, so far, it's been a perfect partnership. I have nothing bad to say about him on air at all. That, no. <laughs> well, now that's going to be part two. will we'll, we'll do him. that after the run. Right. But,
0: right. That'll by be the a way, Tom, have you yet? Have you yet memorized the? And I, I don't remember the name of it, but it's the it's the post intermission review of the show
3: number. Uh, oh, yes. Tom, tell, tell, tell that story a little bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I got what a number. You. I got a call from the number is called Betrayed, That's uh, it. it's and not. it's it's it is the show stopping number. Um, I got a call from Walter Stearns, who's the director of uh, of the producers. Love Walter. Um, I've worked with Walter many times in the past, uh, and he he called me up and he said, "Tom, this is Walter Stearns. I would like very much if you would come in." And read for Max Bialystock. I'm directing the producers of music theater works, and i like. And I said that sounds fine. I'd, I'd actually never thought about doing. I mean, I've thought about doing the show because again, I, I do have a little bit of the Nathan Lane thing, but it's a baritone role, uh, and I'm not a baritone. Oh. But anyway, I agreed to come in because I'll always read for Walter, and I'll always read for Kyle anytime. Uh, and uh, I thought, okay, they're gonna they're gonna send they're gonna send me one of the one of the numbers, a snippet from one of the numbers, or a snippet from the book. And they sent me "Betrayed." They sent me the whole five-minute number.
0: Because if you can't Uh, do this one, the
1: rest of it ain't going to matter well i guess that was the i guess that was the litmus test and so I, I did not know the number I knew the form of it but I didn't know the number because I'd never bothered to learn it because I'd never bothered to to audition for max before and uh, so I had to teach myself that the damn thing from the ground up and I did uh and I did you know what i what I guess was a pretty good audition for Kyle Kyle was in the room uh Walter was in the room and the music director Eugene Dizon was playing and uh, I guess you know I guess I did okay uh, but uh, it was it was just a little bit surprising Kyle, so, did he do okay? To, By the way, we he got did,
3: He did fantastic. He okay. did fantastic. <laughs> uh,
1: it was it was a little surprising to have to learn the whole thing, but it was gratifying because uh, now I get to I get to grapple with the rest of the of the damn show. That number uh, it, it hopefully is is still in there, and it's second nature to me, uh, which a lot of people would think is the toughest number in the show, and it is incredibly hard. Uh, but the entire show. Max's entire track and and uh, David would probably agree the Leo track are absolutely phenomenal in terms of workload and in terms of you know just having to deliver uh, although I uh, I realized this the other night and I was talking to somebody else in the ensemble one of the ensemble people nobody takes time off when they're on stage sometimes you can you can be in a you can be on stage and be in a scene and not really be in the scene if you're like a you know a, yeah. a, a Uh, A fan, you know, somebody fanning Cleopatra or, you know, a a sword carrier in the back or whatever. That is not the case with this show. If you are on stage, you are on completely, whether no matter what role you have.
0: And part of that, uh, I want to get back to David, part of that, Kyle, may be a Mel Brooks thing, right? If Mel Brooks had you on stage or in a scene, you were going to
3: grab some attention at some point or you wouldn't be there. Of course, if you look at all those characterizations of all the, all the, even the ensemble, every single time they're on stage, they have a bit that, for a very specific reason. And I think, uh, um, um, Tom mentioned Walter Stearns. Walter Stearns has had a, a, a varied career in the Chicago area and, um, but also started as a young assistant director and director at Music Theater Works. And I knew, well um, his, his, um, skill set was perfect to make sure that all those little bits were were impactful and as hilarious as they were on the Broadway production.
0: Yeah, and and so happy that he and Eugene kept the mercury open. That's a conversation yeah. for another yes. day, but so good. Uh and so David to this Leo role again you he's Leo was always sort of secondary to you know to the to the shenanigans going on. Again, not a put down. I mean it's he's so critical, but but it it's this it, he's a reactor. He's a right? Mm-hmm. Um so so talk to me about
2: that magic of having to learn how you're off of Uma, off of every, you've got to play off of everybody. It's really nice because a lot of the initiative comes from the other characters. So a a lot of what Walter's been talking to me about through the process has really been about what is your specific reaction here? What are you doing right now to really help uh, let us know and let yourself know where you are in this process? Like I said before, the beginning, the middle, and the end. It's a little disconjointed right now because we're kind of moving around in the rehearsal process. And I do believe that that clarity is going to come Uh, sooner rather than later, but I do, I love working with actors and reacting to what they're doing on stage. I'm very, I've always been sort of in that same realm as, as, um, you know, the respect that Tom was having about the clown acting and and reacting to uh, the timing and the the bits of going back and forth and how many beats is this, and just to make sure that it's absolutely right. And the pleasure of the Mel Brooks script right now that is just sort of, Beautifully laid out on the page already has just been really fun to investigate by putting our own spin on things with what's already there is almost difficult to some degree because what's there is just already so wonderful in itself. And Mel, so, just yeah.
0: Melter, yeah, Melter ninety seven, not last week, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. ninety seven just just amazing. Kyle uh, first of all but, but before I I lose you guys or we run out of time I want to talk about the the space this this theater is in the North Shore Center for Performing Arts. It's a fabulous space a couple of different venues within the space for Lacajo like Fall. you played
3: in the small venue. I'm assuming this is in the larger. This is this is with um full orchestra we're doing the 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 full production um uh it's an 800 and I want to say I I always forget 76 or 67 uh seats um full on broadway scale um uh house actually the uh production of um your good man charlie brown the broadway production of your good man charlie brown tried out at this that th- the theater that we're performing in. Um so it's a uh, it's it's everything you would hope for for going downtown but instead of going downtown or if you're in the suburbs um uh instead of going downtown you come right to Skokie and get to see a Broadway um, quality production in, in on the North Shore. You don't need your Spot Hero app and your and nope. your Chicago free parking, parking free, free parking, easy walk up, drive, valet, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. a really, 75 really
1: restaurants within.
3: Yeah, a restaurants block
2: a everywhere,
1: <laughs> including Hackney's, which is right up on Lake Street for the
0: Hackney <laughs> Burgers and the Onion Loaves. Tom, you have to know what I'm talking about. I've been, yeah, I've been to Hackney's on Harms. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> David, do you? Yes, yes, delicious. Okay. Yes,
0: okay. Go. I'm, just, I'm not doing a plug. I don't know any of it. I just that <laughs> I was a, a no. sponsorship, Paul, <laughs> my, my brother and I just each had a big birthday and we said, how do we want to celebrate our big birthdays? And we went, we're going to Hackney's. Uh, <laughs> so we, 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 had to do it. And Kyle, the run of the show is 10 days. I ask you this every time we talk about a show, but for folks, cause I'm going to get this question. Folks will go, why is it just 10 days? You should run a month. Can you just explain a little bit about the
3: schedule of all that? Yeah, well, uh, the, the company, again, I'm talking about our 150th, um, production. A company started as an opera company, really an opera, operetta company. So, um, the scale of our shows, um, really, uh, only allows us to do shorter runs. Now, our move to North Shore Center has allowed us to play with that and we're growing the company. We went from a, Two shows in the uh, the first ever per, um, season at Music Theatre Works. Oh, is that all it was? Is that right? Two. Yep. And then we uh, we went to three. Um, the company ran for many many years on a four show, uh, well, like three shows in a concert. And um, when we moved to the North Shore Center uh, in Skokie, we went from a three show in a concert to a five full productions. Um, we run some of our smaller productions for four weeks. We're trying to build that audience so that we can then expand um, kind of those larger scale um, productions in the bigger theater. Um, but the funny, funny enough, we're not eligible for Jeff awards. Uh, we're not, uh, not eligible. I've talked to the Jeff committee and everything. And what is, what is, I'm not, what is the, is we, are a, we are a non-equity company, even though many of our, our artists are union, but they have non-equity awards. They, we are outside of the city of Chicago. Oh, that's it. we are a mile outside of the city of Chicago, so uh, they will not come to our show. So I would say the Jeff Awards. Um, as much as I've tried to talk to them, they should uh, reconsider that and come because our our shows are the highest quality you could you could ask for. And I think that the artists themselves should be recognized. I don't care about the company as much, but when you come see our shows, you know that they are high quality artists. Well, a- a- absolutely.
0: Like I said, listen, I gave you a plug because even I said it's tough to get. Me- to leave the city and yet i come up for you guys because (laughs) the shows are so great so maybe they will pay attention or i'll call some of those judges and let them know they ought to rethink this hey guys i want to thank all of you uh the producers do we say the mel mel brooks is the producers or just the producer mel Mel brooks is the the producer playing august 10th to the 20th uh you'll see it on the website but you can get tickets at music theater dot music theater That's out of memory. Uh, and again, such a great facility, such an easy place to park, lots of places to eat. Before I lose you, Tom Shea, uh, David, Kyle, thank you all for being with me break legs every night. I'll look forward to seeing you. And if I end up on stage dancing in one of the numbers or, or you know, <laughs> singing betrayed, just go with it. Come celebrate right right on. with us. <laughs> you got it. Thanks everybody. Break legs. Good to see you. bye well, thank, thank you me. so bye. much.